Hello and welcome to the Spirit Talk podcast, where we'll talk all things spiritual. I'm your host and the creator of the podcast, Brandy Bolton. Join me at looking at spirituality from many different angles. There will be no stone left unturned. From science and spirit to topics that some may call woo-woo, I will also discuss my own experiences as a developing psychic and medium. This podcast is for all the seekers out there, and I sincerely hope you enjoy. Hello, Soul Tribe. Thanks for tuning into Spirit Talk. Brandy here, and I am just so grateful for this little community we're building together. I had this moment of, holy smokes, three years ago, I thought having a spiritual podcast would be so cool, and I was really craving to be a part of a spiritual community. And look, here I am. (laughs) The podcast has downloads from all over the world, and this little Facebook group is growing week by week. I love it. I love you. I'm in such appreciation. Thank you, listeners, for being a part of this. The Facebook group is called Spirit Talk, a soul tribe, and you can join by clicking the link in the show notes. Shout out to members Alyssa, Ashley, Renee for getting some neat conversations started on the group recently. Keep it coming. I love it so much. Ashley shared a witchy calendar, which was neat. I don't personally identify as a witch, not in this life anyway, but I love witchy things. Bring it on. I am thrilled that we can all share and learn from each other in that group. It warms my heart. And if you're listening and you're more of an Instagram person than Facebook, feel free to follow me on Instagram at spirittalk13. For those of you who aren't on social media, respect. (laughs) I'd be lying if I said I didn't dream of a world without social media sometimes. (laughs) This podcast isn't going anywhere. And my next move is to create meditations for you all. Not sure how I'm going to put that out yet. A few of them might just be on Spirit Talk as episodes, only not episodes. It'll be a meditation only. But you'll know soon enough. I'll keep you all apprised. So as I sit in this little room that I record in, I'm looking around and there are plants, of course, I just counted them. There are 11, which is also my life path number. Interesting. There's a mirror. There are some framed pictures and a couple paintings that I've done. There are shells, crystals, candles, rocks. There's a mandala wall tapestry. There are books. I really do love this little Zen den of mine. (laughs) I saw that term on Pinterest, I think, Zenden, and I I, I picked that up and put that one in my pocket. And in this little room, right up in the corner, hanging from the ceiling, is my evil eye. This thing has been with me going on 24 years. It was 1999, and I was 15 years old when I got it. Hello, aging myself, (laughs) telling you all my age which I don't really have a problem with. I think that's a that's a Hollywood construct to not tell our age. I'm proud to be 38. Um, so summer of 99, my mom and I were in Turkey. 
the country Turkey. It was our first time in Europe. And I, I really have some core memories from that trip. And one of them took place on a really hot August day in Turkey. We had gone to Ephesus, an ancient city. And it's said that Mary, like Mary, the mother of Jesus, lived the end of her life and died there at Ephesus. My mom was raised in a very Catholic family, and this was something she really wanted to do. And this was the age where I really started to detach from religion, though I did really love a good mystical historical story, and I did feel really bonded to Mother Mary. I prayed to her every day of my childhood. <laughs> so I remember touring the grounds and seeing the ancient ruins, and it all did feel very powerful. There was a weight to the atmosphere in a good way. And the place had a really specialness to it. Is specialness a word? Oh, it is now for this episode. <laughs> we went to the little home where Mary is said to have lived. And there's no way for me to know for sure if this is the place that Mary lived and died. There are certainly other places that claim the same thing. Regardless, this was a very heartfelt experience for both my mom and I. The whole day felt significant in some way. As we were walking out of the area toward a gravel parking lot, there were these little vendor stands. They were, of course, strategically placed where everyone who went to see Mary's house would have to walk by them on their way, their way out. Nothing really out of the ordinary. You'd see vendors selling things all over Turkey, especially where tourists are. And there were maybe eight to ten people that had their little stands set up selling things like Mary statues, beaded bracelets and necklaces, little desserts called baklava. Mmm, delicious. So it was things like that. I think you kind of get the picture. And it was a very hot day. My mom and I were not about to stop at any of these vendor stands. We came, we saw, our time there was up and we were ready to go. So the bus that we were taking was on with air conditioning running. And there, that's where we were headed. And we were about 50 yards past the vendors when a man came running up from behind us yelling at me to stop and I, I can see his face still clearly in my mind to this day. I'm sure my mom was a bit nervous as this guy was running up on us, but I knew it was okay. I don't know, you know, how, so this is kind of like, you know, just unknowing. And the man locked eyes with me and he had deep brown eyes, very caring sincere and a slightly concerned look and he was holding something out. I had a quick thought of wondering if I had dropped something near the vendors and he ran right up to me, took my hand in both his hands and held it for a second saying in his Turkish accent, my dear, you need this, please take it. I looked down and he had put an evil eye in my hand. It looked 
handcrafted and like something that came from the vendors, which is where he ran to us from. Now, this is a tactic my mom and I have seen before. People trying to sell their goods. They want to give a special present, get you back to their shop to buy things. I'm sure that's kind of what my mom was thinking when she said, no, 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 we don't, we don't need anything and was shaking her hand, no. But before she even got those words all the way out, the man was backwards jogging back to where he came from and yelled out, girl, keep that eye, <laughs> still holding my gaze. I remember feeling like, whoa, that was intense. Our eyes broke from each other and he was back wherever he was and we were walking toward the bus as I looked down in my hand and this evil eye was in there. I was definitely a bit confused by this very quick half-minute interaction. I wondered why me and why for free? That doesn't really happen, you know? But the whole day was pretty magical and surreal, so I took the evil eye and went on with the rest of the trip with my mom. And the eye is not small, exactly. It's a blue glass ball about the size of a, an apple. It has silver foil around it, except for in circles on the side, if a, if a sphere was to have sides, where you can see through to the blue glass, and there on those circles are small glass discs that look like the traditional evil eye with white and blue and black concentric circles. So it's a blue silver ball with six evil eyes on it. I really haven't seen anything exactly like it before. It's, it's definitely homemade. And I'd seen the eyes on my travels before. Uh, you know, I had been in Turkey for a few days and, and Greece and Italy. And these, these eyes were around, definitely. But I didn't really know about them. I kind of thought it was a decorative thing. I didn't know the tradition or lore around the evil eye. But having that intense interaction after a magical day and tour of ancient history really made me want to keep it and keep it safe. The man who gave it to me really affected me in a way that I thought, mm, this must be important. And in the coming days, I saw evil eyes everywhere. And I heard tour guides, hotel staff, market vendors telling me all about evil eyes and their significance and what they did. And I feel like that was the universe providing me the answers to my curiosity about the eye. And it really is a good example of the universe working so deliberately for me in that case. But that is truly available to everyone. We just have to be open. And this was way before smartphones, remember? So it's not like I could have looked up the meaning of the evil eye very easily. Like I would have to find a book or, you know, talk to people. So the universe put me in the path of at least four different people who would tell me facts and stories about evil eyes. And once I knew about the eye, these interactions stopped. Funny how that works, eh? Some say it is confirmation bias. I say it's the magic of the universe. And I tell you what, I took that thing with me everywhere on that trip. Everywhere. 
It was a whirlwind trip. We visited several countries. It was not practical to keep this eye on me, like on my person. Believe me, it wasn't practical. Having a a glass ball the size of an apple on you isn't always easy, especially given it was an extremely hot summer. And, you know, I was trying to pack light. You know, I was only 15 at the time. Looking back, I was highly sensitive to energies and very susceptible to taking on energy without really having the knowledge or skill to keep my power keep my life force energy and filter in which energy I allow into my auric field and which I don't. Only being 15, I just, I didn't have these skills, knowledge, or ability yet. So being quite adept at energy work now, I see that 15-year-old girl, my past self, as really ripe for energy vampires and taking on ill intentions and Lord knows what else. So knowing now also what I know about spirit guides, and I'm still learning all the time through other people's guides, as well as my own, which is pretty friggin' rad. Uh, More coming up on probably the next show about some things I've learned about spirit guides. I wonder if me receiving the evil eye was divine intervention. Could it be? I now know it's possible for guides to work through living people. So was the man who gave me the eye giving me an important message, an important gift that I needed? Was he being used by a guide or an angel to bring me that eye? Maybe. I don't say that that's impossible now, especially having done so many readings and and receive so much cool information from other people's guides. I'm okay with not knowing for sure, but it is certainly something that gives me pause. Perhaps spirit brought me that eye through that man. And the evil eye could very well be why I started to work with energy and to observe other people's energy in a new light as being separate, but connected. Who knows, maybe I would have that evolution of consciousness anyway, but I can tell you it absolutely made me feel protected, the I did, and made me feel like I wasn't alone in the world, like I had support, even if it was in the unseen. And that really has been invaluable to me to have learned that and felt that at a young age. The eye is still here. I've had it for most of my life now. And here it is in my little spirit space, still with me 24 years later, keeping that bad juju away from me. (laughs) Or at the very least, it's a reminder for me to do that for myself. And that's the question some of you are asking now, what is the evil eye? And I'll break that down a little bit via things I found on the internet about it, (laughs) okay? First of all, I'll I'll clear up. Um, I've referred to the blue sphere with the eyes on it that I have as the evil eye, which isn't wrong, but it can be confusing because the evil eye that you may have seen on amulets and jewelry and 
rugs and shirts and items of all kind is not the evil eye itself. It protects from the evil eye. The little shape of the eye that you've seen and that I've talked about, it actually has many names in different languages and is used in so many cultures going back at least 6,000 years. So there's many names for the eye worn by people, and most people land on calling it the evil eye. But what it is, is a protector of the evil eye. So the Turkish call the talisman with the eye on it a nazar, which means surveillance or attention. For simplicity's sake, I call the evil eye the evil eye. So there's two things, the curse and the eye that are called the evil eye. So that the amulet evil eye protects from the evil eye curse. Here's a quote from Wikipedia. The evil eye is a supernatural belief in a curse brought about by a malevolent glare, usually given to a person when one is unaware. Hmm. So in a nutshell, the evil eye is when someone glares at another person with envy or jealousy or malevolence. The evil eye amulets are worn to reflect away that gaze so that it doesn't have a negative effect on them. There are many stories of people getting the evil eye curse out there. A classic example, something that goes around is a newly engaged woman being asked by others to see her ring and receiving so many compliments that her ring breaks even before the wedding. The thought being that there were envious gazes cast on her ring. And there are so many other examples with babies, with small children and pregnant women. There are stories of people getting injured because they were cursed by the evil eye. Of course, there are stories of people who remove evil eye curses from people. You know, it is a whole thing. I take it with a grain of salt and do lean towards skepticism a little bit for most of the evil eye stories that I hear. I naturally do have kind of a, a skeptical view. I have to see it to believe it. That being said... <laughs> Uh, what led me to do this episode on Evil Eye is recently, a couple weeks back, I did a reading for a young woman and we were on Zoom and she was so young, I assumed she doesn't have children yet, but about halfway through the reading, I saw a little girl in my mind's eye. She was adorable, brown, curly hair, dark eyes. Um, I knew she was my sitter's daughter. Even though my logical mind said, no way she can have a daughter. I didn't ask her birthday like I typically do at the start of a reading. But uh, to me, this, this girl looked only 17 years old. Turns out she was a very young mom, but she was 21 or 22. Anyway, so I asked her, I said, do you have a three-year-old daughter? And she replied, yes, with a little bit of shock that I had pinpointed her age. But this all came through quickly and very clearly. I saw an evil eye in my mind's eye clairvoyantly and just said, get her an evil eye. I didn't know why. I just, I knew it was something spirit wanted me to say, get this girl an eye. <laughs> and the sitter started laughing and was like kind of a bit taken aback. And she said, oh, she got her daughter a, a gold bracelet 
with an evil eye on it and paid a lot of money for it. And she's, she was drawn to it to get it for her daughter and took that as a sign and bought it for her. So she put it on her daughter and a week later it was broken. And this wasn't a thin chain. It was a thick gold. It wouldn't be able to be broken by a three-year-old very easily anyway. Not at all. So in the layers and layers of lore on evil eyes, it is said that if your evil eye amulet or jewelry is broken, it's because it has protected the wearer so much that it's done. It's time for a new eye. And that is how the sitter took that in this situation. So when I said that her daughter needs an evil eye, she started laughing and said, sheesh, I spent so much money on that bracelet. I was pissed off when it broke, but I guess I'll get her another evil eye because you're so right. She does need an eye. To be clear, this isn't really one of the things, well, I've never told anybody (laughs) to get an evil eye in a reading. It's not really my style as it kind of can induce fear as a message, which is something I never really want to do. But this time it was such a clear message from spirit that I had to say it. And the sitter showed me a picture of her daughter at the end of the reading. And she looked exactly like identical to what the little girl in my mind's eye looked like. It was almost like so identical that I was like remote viewing her or something. She is so sweet and precious and I am sure she gets a lot of compliments. And so Yeah, take that however you do. (laughs) Here is another quote I found on the internet from a Byzantine writer from the third century. I love this. Quote, when anyone looks at what is excellent with an envious eye, he fills the surrounding atmosphere with a pernicious quality and transmits his own envenomed exhalations into whatever is nearest to him end quote. That's so fascinating and a really old quote. I love how he says, fill the surrounding atmosphere because I really get that and I get that feeling. I think we all kind of do. We've, we've, we've felt that before. We can, we can detect differences in atmospheres. Most of you listening can anyway. I certainly can. Heck, even at the top of the show, I described my day in, in Mary's little village there as having kind of a a dense atmosphere, but in a good way, not like how this quote is describing with the evil eye. And it it shows how far back this goes. This was third century. So it's really a big part of the history. And a lot of people have come across evil eye in their their life. If not the curse, then certainly the (laughs) evil eye amulets or necklaces. And it's an interesting perspective that displays the envious eye It can be unintentional. It doesn't make the person sending it out evil themselves. So the evil eye is a really ancient way of working with energy. And here's the thing. With good energy and mindset practices, nothing can mess with you. And it doesn't hurt to have extra protection like an evil eye because nobody is in a constant state of high vibration and high frequency emotions. As humans, a little extra support is helpful and simply wearing an evil eye might not do that, might not do a darn thing. What is doing something is the belief that it protects us from malevolence. 
That is the real magic. It's the mindset, the intention, and the practice of embodying an energy protection that actually works. If you believe you're protected energetically by the eye, then you are, at least at some level. It really is that simple. And that is a little bit about the evil eye. I encourage you to explore it yourself. Some of you may already wear evil eyes or have them in your homes. I like to sometimes wear an evil eye ring when I'm going to an unknown place. What do you think about the eye? Sound off on Facebook. Um, Send me a message on Instagram. There's a lot to unpack here. I just wanted to shed a little light on this topic. You all can decide what that means to you or how you relate to the eye personally or don't if that's not your thing. I'm not saying do this or do that. That's my disclaimer. Your relationship to energy and spirit is personal. So do your thing, people. (laughs) Okay, that is it for now. Thank you all for tuning in. Until we meet again, friends. Bye.